0: Welcome to the Creative South Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Froston. My guest this week is Adam Grayson. Adam is a freelance designer based out of Orlando, Florida, and has worked with clients like Hallmark and Disney. Adam and I talk about his growing up in a rough neighborhood, a series of unfortunate losses that threw him into a deep depression, Adam's time with Disney, and the ups and downs that come with running your own business. All right after this. I need your help. I love doing this podcast being able to talk with incredible guests, to hear their stories, and the reaction that I get from them. I want to be able to provide you with more content, to keep getting the heavy hitters in the industry, to make the podcast better than it is now. So to that end, we're looking for sponsors. If you want to sponsor the Creative South podcast, to help keep the lights on, and to make the podcast even better, then email me at jason at creativesouthga.com, or hit me up on Twitter at pod. Thank you for uh, joining me on the podcast.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: So let's uh, kick things right off. Where, where'd you grow up?
1: I grew up in Orlando, Florida, uh, mm-hmm. where I am now. Okay. Uh, pretty much lived there the entirety of my life, kind of. Okay.
0: yeah. <laughs> you do. I see you doing math there. Did you live? Yeah. <laughs> Let me uh, guess. You were born somewhere else, but moved when you were really little.
1: Yeah. And then I spent uh, three years in Kansas City. Okay, um, and then quickly came back down here and have been here ever
0: since. Gotcha. So when you were growing up, you know, I, walk me through your life from the beginning. Uh, what, what type of kid were you? Pretty arty kid, or?
1: Um, I was actually I wasn't arty kid, but I was also really into like sports and stuff mm-hmm. growing up. Um, I always loved drawing. Um ton of people in my family were just influential with that my mm. grandma who was or she's now passed away but she was uh probably one of the greatest influences she was like this crazy you know like drug doing hippie she <laughs> was like she was crazy man like she was a truck driver but then the towns that she stopped in she was also bartending in um and all the while she was that- i don't I don't know, man. Like, Oh man, I wish I was around so I could have her
0: on the podcast.
1: This just sounds fascinating. And and then she would just go crazy on drugs, honestly. But then while she was doing her trips and all that weird stuff, like Mm -hmm. she was also painting and doing trips.
0: Do you mean literal trips or like acid trips?
1: Uh, (laughs) Probably a little bit of both. (laughs) I hope she wasn't driving while on acid. Uh, But She was just a crazy artist. She was uh, definitely like a flower child. Um, so literally she was always encouraging the heck out of me as a little kid. I mean, I would draw like the craziest, you know, non understandable drawing in the world, but she would somehow make it seem like the coolest thing she'd ever seen.
0: <laughs> uh, so you so she, do like a five-year-old.
1: Exactly. <laughs> a five you know, old. <laughs> exactly. And she was just so encouraging about mm-hmm. it. And then as I started, you know, um, doing art more seriously and stuff, she was always like, just the biggest encouragement and I mean she didn't fully grasp what I was doing
0: um
1: Mm -hmm. just because like I said she was mostly like a painter and that kind of a thing Mm -hmm. so she uh she was just an awesome influential chick that really helped me think art was actually worth investing my life into
0: cool so yeah so did you take a lot of art classes when you were in high school and stuff I
1: only well okay so I grew up In the ghetto. And when I say the ghetto, I don't mean like a poor area of town. I mean, I grew up like around gangs, around drugs, uh, prostitution, like I know sounds crazy, um, but that was that was my childhood.
0: Um, I grew up in a little part of Orlando called Pine Hills. I, um, I lived in altamont springs for a while like okay i, I kind of know where that is there you go um so ah, oh man i uh i grew up there and
1: um it was definitely that was like a really hard i used to get jumped and stuff and um it was just crazy dot junk was crazy <clears> and so my parents when i got to the point where i could go to high school outside of that area they encouraged me to do a um I guess it's still called a magnet program, but basically where you specialize in something in a high school. And then Mm -hmm. that high school allows you to then take classes around that topic.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. That's a magnet program.
1: So I I was basically trying to go out for the art side of the program. But at that point, honestly, like I was mostly into sports and stuff. And so Mm -hmm. the idea of going to Evans high school was appealing because that was a football school. Um, but I wanted to get the heck out of there. I was sick of like always being picked on. And I was just like, I want to get out of here. Cause it was like, I had the respect to some people, but then other people didn't like me in the area. So it was crazy. Mm -hmm. So I got to go to Dr. Phillips. Um, and that was my magnet school. And I got to take a ton of different art classes, uh, from jewelry making, which was just so masculine of me to do, uh, (laughs) to pottery. I did pottery. Uh, watercolor, charcoal, and then computer graphics. And -hmm. that was when I was like, oh my God, this is a thing. That's when it clicked for you. Yeah. I had, I don't know how it was so stupid, but I had no idea that you can make art on the computer.
0: Like, I I mean, I think a lot of people didn't. I mean, I, so when, when I went to, especially when I was in high school, it's this was back when not everybody had computers uh, in their house. But, um, You know, I I certainly didn't know about graphic design back then. I knew that I wanted to get into advertising. And then when I got to college, I majored, started majoring in advertising. And it finally dawned on me, you know, when I had to take an art class for that, that there was, you know, stuff on the computer that you could do. And that's when it clicked for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was great Um, because I had only been taking, uh, I think it was my sophomore year. So all my freshman year, it was just like traditional art stuff which I thought was cool but you know like again for me it was a way of escape that school mm-hmm. at that point um it wasn't even about me thinking art was something serious to do sure. um and it wasn't until that class that I was like oh my god this is the coolest thing I've ever gotten to do and that was probably the only class I excelled in because I was horrible in high school like my grades were just garbage <laughs> um, I know that feeling yeah yeah <laughs> it was, you know, I didn't take anything serious really until, until that class. And I was like, oh my God, I got to get good grades. I want to try to go to a good school and all that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, man.
0: Cool. Um, so when you get out of high school, do you go to college or? No,
1: actually I had scholarships and stuff, nothing like full rides or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but I had opportunities, but, um, due to my, wonderful grades, I lost all of those. (laughs) So I did not get to go to college. So I'm completely self-taught.
0: Okay. So what did you do after you got out of high school?
1: Uh, Well, I was pretty active in my church. um, Mm -hmm. And I, which it's a joke of a title, but I was essentially the creative director, um, aka (laughs) I did sermon series and I did bulletins. And if there was like a event. I did the banner for it. So that Mm -hmm. was, I did that for a a while. And then I also worked at a grocery store called Publix. Uh
0: Um,
1: so I did that for a long time. Um, and I basically just did that for so long. I would, uh, I would go home. I would, I would work at Publix and I would get off at like 11 o'clock and then I would, uh, I got this bootleg version of Photoshop from a shady guy in Pine Hills. Um, and I got, I bought my pastor's wife's laptop. And so I would mm-hmm. go home and, uh, from work and I would just go home and just mess around in Photoshop. I mean, I had, because I had no real training other than a semester in high school, um, mm-hmm. I was just kind of messing around for a really, really, really long time. Um, and I stayed pretty active in my church I, I was pretty much the art guy or the design guy for them for mm-hmm. probably like three or four years before I
0: ever tried anything else. Gotcha. So when you stopped working for them and you kind of move on from Publix, how did you, I guess, take me on the path that got you to you yeah. hard today.
1: So, uh, what I did is I, I was working for my church and, um, I guess you could call it like a base church of kind of like the mission of the church I was part of came down and they had a speaker that, you know, did their thing or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But me and my wife were really intrigued to go there um, and to kind of serve them for a bit. And the speaker that came down, I found out his wife was actually in charge of the marketing department and they actually had a marketing department. It wasn't like one of those things that uh, they were just church bulletins. Like it was like a legitimate opportunity. And so I had just casually mentioned to her like, Hey, this is like, my makeshift portfolio, which was a joke because everything (laughs) I made was at like three o'clock in the morning after a shift, uh, you know, stocking groceries. And I thought my art was dope, but realistically it was just Photoshop brushes expanded largely and placed, you know, sporadically. But to me, I'd like, you know, I didn't understand anything at that point still. So I showed her, but she was still really intrigued. And she told me if I ever moved up there, um, that I would definitely, have an opportunity. Um, and at that point, you know, my church was not paying very well. So I was definitely, I was still working. A church
0: not pay well? What? I know. <laughs> they're not flushed with cash. What? <laughs> well, not unless they're the Catholic church. <laughs>
1: there you go. Uh, so, you know, I, uh, I had to kind of figure things out from there. And I decided that, you know, financially for me and my wife, it would be smarter to go up there just because I would make like an extra hundred dollars a month. Mm -hmm. Um, and the cost of living up there was so drastically cheaper than here that it just, you know, it was a better opportunity artistically, a better job, uh, would be better for me and my wife spiritually. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, yeah, heck yeah, let's do this. So we made the move up to
0: Kansas city. Okay. So you're working up there for a while. Um, how do you eventually make your way back down to Orlando? Ay. yeah. Ay, ay. Uh, so <laughs> this is this is the fun part. The this long and winding the, road. I this is the roller
1: coaster part. So um, I'm up there. I'm doing that. I, the job I got was actually to code for email blast, which, as I said, I didn't even understand Photoshop realistically. So coding was a joke in my mind.
0: I don't so, I, I don't think I could still code for an email blast. No. And I've gone to school for it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, I uh, it was the worst um, but I did it and I was tenacious and hungry and, you know, I think that's part of my personality being self-taught is that I'm extremely tenacious and anytime mm-hmm. there's an obstacle or something that uh, imposes upon me creatively, uh, I face it and I I win. You know, I just mm-hmm. don't stop. So uh, I was, you know, it was like I was already up there. I can't, I mean, what am I going to do? Spend another four grand to move back down? You know, yeah. I barely had money to get up there. So I learned to code and I did all that. I, I served them for maybe like two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then me and my wife decided we would, actually it was, it was more, more like two years. Me and my wife decided, okay, we're gonna move back down to Orlando. So we moved back down, I jumped back in with the same church mm-hmm. um, and I was doing that and I was teaching in their Bible school and doing the art thing. Um, but then I got an email, it was probably about a year I got an email back from that same marketing lady and she was like, we have a drastic need. We can pay you substantially more. Um, and again, the church that I came back down to, they did pay cuts. They literally took away like 75% of my salary, which my salary was garbage in the first place. Um, and so it was more so like, okay, if you want to keep working down here, you're going to need to raise support. Um, and I was just like, man, I admire those that can raise support, but, You know, what I'm good at, I should get paid for. You know, there's a difference. There's a difference between, you know, donating time or working
0: for free. You know, big difference.
1: Yeah. And they wanted me to work for free under the guise of donating my time. And I was like, I'm not. So we moved back up again to Kansas City. Um, and honestly, part of me thinks maybe we shouldn't have ever moved back that other time. I think we were just really anxious to get back down because this is where our family was. And this was the first time my wife had ever been away from family for any length of time before. So it was really hard on her, but we go back up this time. I'm like more of an art director role at that, at that place. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, we're kind of coasting. My wife starts singing and getting involved up there. Um, and I just get to a point where I'm kind of coasting. Um. And, uh, I kind of learned, I started learning so much, um, from, you know, different people. That was when I got introduced to dribble even. So I'm on dribble. I'm like meeting all these sweet people like Justin Mezzel and Raji and just all Mm. of them, you know, via dribble. And, um, you know, I kind of get to a point where I'm starting to coast while I'm part of this church. And, um, I didn't even really realize it. And you know, it's kind of like business is going on as usual for us. Um, and one day out of the blue, um, I get a phone call from my dad and my dad's like, Hey, your little brother just drowned in a pool. Oh no. Get on your knees and pray. Um, and so I'm just like in shock. Like I couldn't even comprehend it. And he passed away. I think it's coming up on it's either six or seven years, um, passed away when he was nine. Um, and so it, you know, it, I, I was at a loss in that moment and like so many ways, you know, obviously uh, from the way of my little brother just died to what am I doing up here? Why am I not closer to family? Like, mm-hmm. you know, all like that whole whirlwind happens. Um, and so me and my wife from that point, you know, we handle all the, you know, funeral and all that. Um, from that point, me and my wife kind of start spiraling out of control a little bit, like mm-hmm. in terms of of our health and stuff. Me and my wife gained like over 150, 200 pounds. My wife got up to like 350, 375. I got up to 250. Um, And it's like, it's not to say that anybody that gains weight or anything, that there's a problem, but there's a problem when you're eating.
0: You you stop taking care of yourself and And, letting everything go. And and you start using,
1: Mm. yeah, you start using that food to try to fix your depression, which is essentially what was happening. So all the while that happens, me and my wife were not able to have children for a really long time. I mean, our son is two now and we were married, um, got married in 07. So, I mean, we went like five or six years trying. Um, so we're in the process of adopting and all the while my brother passed away, we're actually in the process. We had like a birth mom, we had all the paperwork going, we had everything going and we just felt like, we didn't. We wanted to give this girl an opportunity to back out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, she ended up backing out. Uh, but we were actually in the hospital with her. My wife was in the room. The day before we're supposed to take home this baby, that would be ours. She mm-hmm. decides I want to keep it. Which I mean, honestly, that was beautiful. I'm so glad that she decided to keep that that baby. But at the same time, me and my wife have been trying. For it's a also long.
0: heartbreaking for y'all. Yeah, we yeah, come I back mean, I, home. I definitely understand that because my wife and I tried for quite a while, and yeah, you know, I'm sure she'll be thrilled when I say this. I mean, we had to go through fertility stuff and uh-huh. all that to get there, and it, it was a very stressful road. So I can, yeah. you know, we were at the point where we were starting to look at, you know, um, adoption as an option. Right. When when it finally took.
1: Yep. Yeah. And so, um, that falls through and it's just like horrible. We come home to an empty nursery. Mm -hmm. Um, and then literally like maybe three months later, my grandma my matriarch of my art passes away suddenly from a heart attack. And that all happened within six months. My little brother, the baby, and then my grandma and needless to say,
0: like, I was just a big kick in the gut.
1: Yeah. I was, I was insanely depressed for a long, I Mm -hmm. mean, it's, I can honestly say I've probably only been not dealing with emotional stuff for maybe like three years now. Cause it was just, I mean, that's a lot to take in. Yeah. So to get back to my career side of things though, um, all that happened and it made me reflect on what the hell I was doing with my life. Um, I, I see value in serving God and doing all of that. But at the same time I was coasting. I wasn't provoking myself. I was lazy Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized I had to figure out what I wanted to do. And it was literally during that time that I was kind of reawakened to my love for Disney. Sure. Um, I mean, cause you think about like every Disney movie on the planet, nine times out of 10, and by the end of the movie, you're like buzzing with emotional, happy feelings mm-hmm. for somebody that wanted to, you know, cause there was times where I wanted to honestly end my life. Like I was, I couldn't handle the pain anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so dealing with that, you know, finding, joy in Disney, which was right in my backyard growing up, um, was really comforting. So I started realizing, I was like, man, the, the, aspects of my job and the aspects of what I get to create that make me the happiest all revolves around drawing or illustration. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had no education I, I've still never taken any, any kind of illustration class or, or anything. Um, I realized that's what I wanted to do. So I, was still serving that church up there, but literally, man, I I was working every night till three, four in the morning, um, landing illustrated clients or just making art for the sake of making art to better myself. Um, and so I did that for maybe a a year after all of that happened. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, so now's the opportunity for me to, step out. So I actually, without anything landed or lined up, I gave my two weeks at that church and was like, I'm going to freaking do this. I'm, I'm going, I want to be an artist full time and I want to do it the way I imagine myself doing it. Sure. So I quit. I interviewed at, um, one place and I still credit this guy with my career in the sense that I was there. He had me do an art test. He gave me like two seconds notice then after my art test, as he's staring over me, get shouting out commands, he, you know, sits well, me down and says, stressful. <laughs> yeah, he sits me down and says, you know what, man, you need to find something else. This art thing. It's just not for you. You don't, you don't have what it takes to be an artist. And I left there going, dude, I am going to show you how stupid you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so right after that interview, I applied for a, um, A contract job with a studio in Kansas City called Voltage Creative. I think they're still around. I hope they're still around. Um, And the contract had me working specifically on Hallmark. Um, What was super neat, though, is the guy that was running Voltage, he was actually an ex-Disney Design Group artist. So he knew all about Orlando, knew all about – Florida and Disney and all of that. And I think that kind of gave me the edge because when he saw, when I presented to him, my illustrations that I've been doing over the past six months to a year, um, all revolving around Disney, I think he realized, okay, this guy gets something, you know, he understands art and, you know, he saw something in my art. Um, so I did that internship or I'm sorry, that contract job for six months. Um, right. As I was supposed to renew, I got another contract offer at Barkley um, which is another studio in Kansas City, mm-hmm. um, and it was going to be a lot higher pay. It was funny. So, like, at the church, I was making, like, $1,200 a month. Um, and then Barkley was like, yeah, we're going to pay you between 65 to 75 an hour. I was like, oh, my God, that's the best money in the entire world. Yeah, of course, that- I didn't understand. I didn't know taxes or anything either though. That's still you know? really good money. I, no, mean, I mean It was insane. Like I was like, hell yes, I'll do it. And it was all hourly and there yeah. was no limit on my hours. So I took that in a heartbeat. Um, I was with them for I think six months. And within that six months, I was just tenacious as hell, man. Um, they would throw something at me like, Hey, we need this. We need it like as soon as possible. And I would crank it out. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Then they put me on the holiday campaign for Krispy Kreme and I was stoked because I had always loved the Krispy Kreme brand um, as far as just like the aesthetic of like the retro and the vintage and all that. So they put me on that and I'm like cranking out assets and you know, I couldn't believe that a year prior I was doing like email blasts and everything, you know? And now I'm illustrating for a huge company. Mm -hmm. It was just like the most humbling experience. You know, again, like I had no education To me, there was nothing that warranted me to have this opportunity other than people saw that my art was good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I started doing that, and um, they had to roll out the international side of the campaign. And the guy that was supposed to do that quit. Like, he didn't even, like, give two weeks. He was just like, peace out. (laughs) And so they were like, all right, we got this contractor
0: Went with we the flaky, he went with the flaky artist route right away, and it yeah. worked out for you.
1: Yeah, and he, you know, they were like, "Well, we have this contractor we're paying hourly, so what? Let's put him on it, um, and just let him do whatever he wants because we need to get this done." Sure. So I worked like shoot, like sixty to eighty hours a week on all mm-hmm. of it. Um, but I got to spearhead the entire international campaign to the point where, in my last month, I was art directing people. Mm-hmm. Um, over the art that I made. It was just the craziest experience. So then my contract is supposed to end. I'm like, please, you know, extend it. Please, can we make this keep going? I want to do this more. And they're like, eh, no. So they cut me loose. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just did the freelance thing for like a good year to two years, Mm -hmm. um, picking up, you know, clients like Disney, Google, Google. Microsoft target. Um, and then I did a bunch of stuff for, uh, infographic company called column Mm five. They're out of uh, California. Um, and I did that for a good year to two years. Um, and then we were like, you know what, it's time to move back down. We need to be around family. We miss Mm -hmm. family. We miss all of our friends. Um,
0: and then we moved back. OK, so when you move back, because I know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you went to work full time for Disney for a while, didn't you? Uh, for a year. For a year. Yeah. OK. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's funny. So I moved back down I'm doing the whole freelance thing. I had always wanted to work for Disney though. So I was applying like crazy while I was up there. Sure. Um, but anybody that's worked for Disney knows that it is so stinking hard to get into Disney. Um, <laughs> well, it's that's where I was going gonna, with that. <laughs> yeah. It's not easy. Um, I mean, hell to even get to freelance for them is like, I mean, cause think about how many amazing artists there are in the world. I mean, I am just a drop in a huge gigantic mm. bucket, you know? So the fact that they were even relying on me and, for and minutes, everybody
0: knows who Disney is.
1: Exactly. So it was just crazy. So, yeah, we moved back. Um, I Like I said, I had applied for jobs. Um, I may be back for two weeks and I get a phone call that I have an inter- interview for Disney. Mm-hmm. And again, I applied for so many jobs. I was like, what job is this for again? Because I, I just didn't even remember. I applied for so many and I never got like email notifications of, hey, You've been selected, you know, prepared for an interview. It was literally I got a phone call. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I went to work for them for a solid year.
0: Okay. And what was your time there like? What were you uh, working on?
1: It was horrible. Really? It was absolutely God awful. I got no shame in my game when it comes to that. It was horrible. Um, I met great people. It was a learning experience. If I can say anything about it other than that, it wasn't. Creatively amazing. I Mm. learned a lot about humility and about serving the art community and serving other people. Mm -hmm. Um, We, my role was to create art to serve the Disney Reservation Center. Okay. Which is, it's not guest facing at all. It's cast facing. Mm -hmm. So basically my first project I got was a bathroom sign. Um, My second project I got was a certificate to thank the um the janitorial staff of the dinner disney reservation center for fixing a smell problem near the restrooms
0: oh sounds real sexy
1: it was amazing man you know it was you know bathroom signs and they wanted hades on it because the water faucet got hot if you put the water on hot i'm talking like it was the most unexciting stuff um yeah. but as as awful as it was like i said it's I learned a lot, you know, it wasn't sexy. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't even slightly entertaining, but there was just, honestly, there was something about making art that was only going to be seen by a handful of people Mm -hmm. gorgeous for their sakes, not for the sakes of anybody knowing I made anything cool, Mm -hmm. you know, like making something beautiful for them that made them happy. That wasn't, you know, facing, um, you know, a million visitors visiting Walt Disney World. So mm-hmm. it was it was rough because it was just really boring. Mm-hmm. But I tried to find the light in, the, in it and, you know, find the side where I enjoyed making gorgeous art for people that nobody else saw. You know, because sure. these people at Disney Reservation Center, they're sitting in a call center. Um, call center is a little nice, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, it's still a call center. And so, yep. you know, when you look at it in the sense of, These people, their jobs are crazy mundane. So my job is that much better because it's not doing what they're doing. Right. Um, It made it kind of fun to make art for them, especially because, I mean, these people had like zero expectations. So I could literally do anything and they thought it was the most amazing thing. So if I ever made something that like I was like extremely proud of, Mm -hmm. it meant that I was basically blowing their minds, which was great because they just weren't used to receiving that kind of art. So the fact that I took the time to do it really meant a lot to them.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did that for a good year, man. <laughs> so you and mean, then
1: I was like, I'm out of here.
0: Right. I, I mean, I can't blame you. That uh, I mean, it's, while you got to do cool things for people who didn't get to see cool things a lot, It's I, I can imagine it was not exactly the most fulfilling. No, of not things. at all.
1: And it didn't pay very well. It was actually pretty awful how Mm. much I got paid. I had to work literally like no, no exaggeration between four to five days a week from eight till midnight, 3. AM because I had to pay the bills and yeah, all those freelance clients were willing to pay so much more than Disney was willing to pay me for a salary. And so well, I had I, to do I it. I think
0: that's one of the issues with Disney is again, it's everybody knows who Disney is. So everybody wants to work for Disney so they don't have to pay people a lot.
1: Yeah, no, cause there's somebody in there that's just willing to get scraps for pay. Mm-hmm. Um, because they get to say that they worked for Disney and I just, I, I'm, I, I, it was miserable. I mean, I don't, I learned a lot because I was working so freaking much. Sure. Um, I mean, when you're working all that much, you're going to learn new techniques because you got to get faster. I got sick of being up, you mm-hmm. know, till 3, 4 in the morning. Um, one time I got a project from Yahoo, and it had to be turned around by 6 a.m. the next morning, and I got the email at 9. Oh, geez. Um, no, granted, they paid a crazy awesome budget, and it paid – my bills. But I mean, it was like, I couldn't say no because I needed a position where you couldn't say
0: no because you needed to, I couldn't
1: say no to a thing. I mean, unless it was like way below budget and it was just a waste of my life. But if it was an opportunity like Yahoo, obviously, and they have a bigger budget, I'm going to stay up all night.
0: Well, yeah. And it's also, I mean, it's like Yahoo. It's once you get in, you know, that increases your opportunities to be able to do something else with them as well. And exactly things like that. Yeah. My wife and I are kind of in that situation now, not that we're getting work from Yahoo, but um, you know, I mean, we're in a point there, you know, I'm a graphic designer. She's a graphic designer. I work for, I work in house at an engineering firm and she does the freelance stuff on the Mm -hmm. side. And, you know, that's her getting back into that after having the kids and all, um, is a fairly recent thing, but she's at the point where she's starting off. I wouldn't say she's starting off. It's, you know, she's far enough into her career, but she's getting back into the freelancing game. She's at the point where she yeah. can't say no to people because, uh huh. you know, we've got to make ends meet and pay for mm-hmm. kids and yeah, all that fun stuff. Absolutely. So. And it was during that time where we had my son
1: Harper mm-hmm. and it was just, it sucked so bad to spend so much time away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I did that maybe six to seven months of his life was me spent working that much. Um, and then I was just so exhausted on the weekends, man. Yeah. And it, I felt like just the worst dad in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just couldn't take it anymore. And that's why when it came time for me to renew with them, because I was on a uh, a TA role that had zero ending. And that's the other funny thing. Disney has like a million internship. Um, offerings because they have an end date and so they can just keep cycling people Mm -hmm. instead of committing to a certain person. Mm -hmm. So my TA came up and they were like, hey, do you want to renew? And I was like, no, I can't. I mean, it was to the point where my son just, I don't know, don't get me wrong, like kids, you know, they want their mom oh, yeah. a lot more, oh, yeah. <laughs> but there was, there was a difference in the way he wanted her over me mm-hmm. that I knew it was brought on because of how much I had to work.
0: Cause he wasn't able to spend time with you. Because He wasn't
1: able to spend yeah. time with me. And I was just like, this is not how I imagined having a kid. And this is not how I'm going to have a kid. Yeah. So
0: I ended it and I was really happy to do it. So have you been freelancing ever since then?
1: Uh, actually, no, I, I left there. Um, and then I started freelancing for nomadic agency out of Scottsdale, Arizona mm-hmm. on their Disney account, which I did <laughs> that. I, it's funny. I've been on like the Disney kick since my little brother passed basically where all my work has revolved around like 75 to 80% now and like 90% Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's funny. I'm like a Disney designer, but I don't work in house anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and i like it that way because i get to make my own rules and it pays Uh, better yeah so i worked for nomadic and that was just so amazing i got to touch so many different areas of disney um from adventures by disney to alani just i mean you name it i got to touch that intellectual property of disney um and i did that for a year it's funny it seems like i did everything for a year um but i did that for a year and then they just they started making a few changes Mm -hmm. um and I was an art director for them, which was so cool because I actually got to be an art director, not sure. just have the title. Um, so I got to like art direct Daniel Evans on some Epcot uh, food and wine projects. And, you know, it was just like, oh, my God, I get to work with some really amazing artists mm-hmm. and I get to direct them. I'm like, this is so humbling. This is amazing. Um, but then they, they, they were going through some like organizational changes and they were changing the roles. Um, and my role was going to then be you know, moved into a true art director role where I would design much less Mm -hmm. and I just couldn't swallow that. Um, I'm only 29 and I felt like at where I was at, I did not want to stop designing, you know, I loved to direct, but to stop creating art seemed like the dumbest thing for me to do. I
0: I completely understand that. I'm my, my role at my company. Now I am, I mean, really, I'm the only creative for the entire company, but because we're such a large company, I don't get to do much design anymore and uh-huh. I'm actively trying to get back to that point where I can do mm-hmm. more design. Yeah. Um, and, and focus on that a little more.
1: Yeah. And it seemed weird that they did that change because I was leaned on so heavily for my illustration skills. Sure. That it was weird to think you're making this change and, I bring so much to the table for you in the realm of illustration. And I'm a lot cheaper because I'm in house for you, Mm -hmm. even though I'm working remotely from Orlando, I'm in house. So I'm technically cheaper than it would be to go through an outside, you know, vendor. Right. So it was just like, it just, it, it was weird and I just didn't feel comfortable, um, with where my role was going to be headed. Um, and then I could stay doing what I was doing, but if I did that, then, my salary would be capped and like every like my career would basically be capped. Yeah. Um, and as I said, like I'm really tenacious and I like to push hard and go hard and you know, learn, get better, grow. And knowing my career was capped was just not sitting well with me. So again, I left. <laughs> gotcha. I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm gone.
0: Gotcha. So now you, you know, kind of researching to talk to you. I looked over your website and things like that and you work with your wife. How does that relationship work of working with your spouse? Um, pretty well. Um,
1: she doesn't do as much as she used to. Um, more so now she kind of, you know, handles a little bit of the financial side. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to rely on her a bit for creative, mm-hmm. um, but we just clash a lot and <laughs> argue a lot. I know. Uh, so I know that so we <laughs> we don't do that anymore. Gotcha. It was just silly stuff, though. Like you know, I'd be like, "Hey, what do you think of this?" And she would give me feedback, and I'm like, "No, you're an idiot." And she was like, no, I'm not. I'm smart. And I'm like, okay, I'm an idiot for calling you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it, was just, it was silly, stupid stuff where, you know, we both thought our artistic view was correct. Uh-huh. And even though they were different. Um, so, yeah, but she still helps out quite a bit. And now she's running her own um, business making floral ears, um, like kind of like Mickey ears. But out like, of budget.
0: like flowers? I, or
1: out of flowers and then out of uh like gold wire like Mm -hmm. they're they're like gorgeous to look at Mm -hmm. um she's like killing it right now so she's doing more of that than doing like helping me manage my studio now
0: gotcha well let's backtrack a little bit um and kind of go back to where you were talking about you know you had all this stuff happen you went through a bad depression. Yeah. Uh, what, what did you do to pull yourself out of that? Cause that's a, that's kind of a reoccurring theme on the podcast uh, is because there's a lot of creative people that deal with that. And I mean, obviously yours was pretty circumstantial of you. Know, yeah. you, you lose your brother. You, you know, the adoption goes south. Right. You know, your grandmother passes away. Those, those are a lot of things right in a row. Yep. That can definitely get you to spiral out of down what uh, how did you kind of uh, find your way back to a level place
1: um as i said it, it took a while uh, i think a lot of it a lot of it came down to my art even mm-hmm. um just you know starting to design for myself mm-hmm. and designing what made me happy kind of taking what i was imagining and bringing it to life um and then what really helped too was just um the Dribble community, you know, I would post stuff during that time and, you know, people were just leaving like the most kindest statements. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I remember one, I can't remember who said it, but they said, um, they're like, man, Adam, you're one of the most under, underappreciated illustrators on Dribbble. And this was like, you know, five years ago or something. Sure. Um, and it was just like, I was like, dang, like someone thinks of me like that. Like, you know, it... Having people believe in me helped me start to believe in myself. I I
0: ha- having I can, people do that was just so instrumental for me. Right. I, I can tell you my wife and I are big fans. Um uh, uh. and I'm not just <laughs> saying that because we're talking right now. She actually when we were sitting down to dinner before this told me to uh tell you that she was a huge fan and she was looking forward to meeting you it. at Creative South. So Yeah. Yeah.
1: But. Um, so it was, um, it was the kindness of, of people mm-hmm. um, because when you surround yourself, which it was hard, man. I was a hobbit. Like honestly, <laughs> you, can even, you can even ask people like Raji and Justin and some of the uh, Orlando designers, man. I've only recently started coming out like and being out and trying to be part of stuff. It was just really hard for a long time because I spent so much time not wanting to be around people. You know, cause I was so down. I was like, I don't want to be around people and have to like fake smiling crap. I like, just
0: wanted to hide in your whole, th- I mean, did you have a little social anxiety going on as well?
1: Oh, big time.
0: Cause um, I, I, you know, I know you were talking about, you know, you and your wife put on a quite a bit of weight oh my and God. things like that. And I, yeah. You know, for your, you know, and this isn't like a fat shaming thing or anything, but your own personal worth and self image, for better or oh, for talk. worse can be tied up in your appearance and, you know, Absolutely. I mean, yeah. everybody deals with it in some yeah, form or I fashion, mean, but
1: I knew, I, I didn't realize how big I was getting either. Mm-hmm. Um, it really wasn't until one day my wife was like, Hey, we need to make a change. Cause she got, she hadn't gotten on the scale in like years and she got on, she was like, Oh my God, mm-hmm. like I'm over 300 pounds something has to change. She was having like sleep apnea. Like she would stop breathing in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got to my biggest, the same thing was happening to me. Um, and it was just, yeah, I mean, like I had huge anxieties about the way I looked. I would wear clothes that were way too big for me, which then just made me look, yeah, yeah, it makes
0: you work, look worse. And which makes you and in turn yeah. feel worse. Yeah. And
1: then I wouldn't want to go out. Cause you know, I looked in Kansas city, there wasn't a lot to do. Like in Orlando, man, you can go to a theme park. Like mm-hmm. we're annual pass holders. We can go anywhere we want in Kansas city. It was like, if you're going to go out, you're going to be, you know, where everybody else in Kansas city is, you yeah. know, like there's not a lot of places to go. You're gonna be at so some changes. Just, <laughs> right. So it was like, man, I'm going to be out and about depressed. I hate my life. I hate myself. Mm-hmm. I hate my family. I hate everything. And now I feel horrible I look horrible I'm I, I, back then i I sweat like I was sweating so bad that like my clothes were I mean it was like everything sucked so again yeah, I was like had social anxiety mm-hmm. and honestly it wasn't until I started making art the way I wanted to make art and started following my path and following my heart and doing what I wanted to do um, and having the durable community in like Twitter and just everybody be so kind. And it was having people believe in me more than I could believe in myself was so instrumental for me to just believe them, you know, cause I couldn't, I couldn't believe myself yet. You know, yeah. I couldn't tell myself I'm going to be great. And then all of a sudden do it. It was like, I had to have people believe in me and then have them have their words convince me.
0: Sure. Um, well, I think that's one of those things that happens. I mean, I know I've dealt and still deal with depression and stuff like that and yeah there's a there's no shame in saying that but be recognizing that that voice in your head especially when you're depressed is going to lie to you Mm -hmm. and sometimes it does take somebody else telling you something for you to remember your self-worth it's yeah you you for you forget yourself in a way
1: oh big time Big time. And I think a lot of, I think you, you said it perfectly too. Is there's a lot of, a lot of artists We're all crazy emotional people.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I think there's something about being creative where you, I don't, I don't know what it is. I'm sure there's been some study done on it somewhere by somebody, right. but a lot of us are very, not just empathetic, but empathic uh-huh. where, you know, the settings that we're in and all, we absorb the mood of, that setting so if you're around somebody who's mopey and grumpy all day you pick that up if you're around right. somebody who's happy you, you you end up feeding off those things and a lot of that you are able at least for me and it kind of sounds like from talking to you you're able to channel back into artistic endeavors but a lot of right. times it also leaves you drained at the end of the day and oh, big time. It, it, oh yeah. it can be a real challenge
1: yeah yep big time
0: so, um, and I know one of those other things and, you know, we don't have to discuss it if, you, I mean, I don't think you're uncomfortable discussing cause I've seen you talk about your faith a lot, but was yeah. that something that helped you? Um, was that something, um, I mean, I know you were saying you worked for churches. Before, I mean,
1: the um, easy answer would be to say, yes, you know, Jesus came down and he touched me. Um, but honestly, a lot of it was, I felt like God wanted me to work it out myself, like not outside of his comfort. Mm -hmm. But outside of, you know, in that moment, all I wanted in the world was for him to fix it. Sure. You know, it's like my life is horrible right now. Please fix this. Um, But instead of him fixing it the way I wanted to, he he fixed it the way I needed him to.
0: Right. You know, and so i i have that similar viewpoint of yeah. um and and sorry to cut you off there sorry no, <laughs> um i was gonna say it's you know, what's that expression you know god never gives you more than you can handle and, uh, and my kind of take on it is no god gives you more than you can handle all this time because he wants to see how you'll pick yourself back up
1: right and how yeah. you
0: will take care of yourself yeah, i mean the
1: idea the idea him. that he will give you more than you can handle just shows how much he truly believes in the person that you are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I meant by that. Um,
1: And there's something so beautiful about somebody that's put through the situations that me and my wife were put through Mm. that then we can look back at and go, this only made me a better human being. Mm. Um, like most recently, um, I was so after I left Nomadic, I went and was in house as a freelancer for Disney Design Group. Mm-hmm. I was on a contract. Well, last Monday, all freelancers were fired, oh. including myself. So it was essentially I was laid off. They were the largest you know bit of money I got. Sure. Um, and so in that moment, you know, I I could either go, you know, that I can pull from the life experience of losing my brother, my grandmother, mm-hmm. that adopted situation. And I could pull from it in that moment. And even though I was sad and I was like, I started getting a little depressed because I'm like, I don't know where I'm going to start getting money now. Well, I mean, that's um, a normal
0: human reaction. Is. Yeah,
1: exactly. But I was able to pull from it and go, this this can only be the best thing that's ever happened to me because if this happened, then the next thing is just going to be that much better. Right. You know. So the only way I could look at it, and that was kind of like what I had to learn in that season of my life was, this is awful and it's okay that life is awful. It's mm-hmm. okay that... I am physically ashamed of the way I look. It's okay that, you know, all these things happened, but life has to go on and, and, and anything that happens from here is only going to be better sure. than the situation I was in. Um so it was kind of like everything inside of me was like, "Jesus, can you just please fix the situation?" And he was like, "Dude, I'm going to fix the situation, but it's going to look like it's going to look like you doing the art that you want to do. It's going to look like people in the art community showering love on you mm-hmm. and that. And then it's going to be you losing weight, getting healthy and feeling comfortable about yourself. That's going to bring you the healing that you're begging for. Right. It's you know? it's the yeah, so. I'm
0: going to lift you up, but you've got to lift yourself up as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You have to make an effort. You've got to, you know? got to help
0: me lift you up. Yeah. You know, it's a joint team there. There you go. So. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, well, what else is going on with you now? I know, you know, by the time this goes up, you'll have done your creative South talk and it went awesome yeah. and standing Woo-hoo! ovation for 10, 15 minutes <laughs> afterwards.
1: Uh, oh man, I'm nervous.
0: <laughs> ah, don't by, be nervous. This,
1: by the by, the time people hear this, it'll be over and I won't be nervous anymore. I'll be happy.
0: Yeah. So, well, I mean, I guess kind of getting into that, you know, since, since the freelance thing with Disney just ended, how are you pushing yourself forward with that or are you still figuring out um, I mean, obviously I'm sure you're still, I'm still
1: slightly figuring, figuring that out, it out. But. Um, I don't know what it is. I do know a bunch of people were like, do you want a job at this agency? Do you want to do this? And I'm like, no man, like I've learned throughout my career. I'm just not an agency guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried it. I mean, like I said, I mean, I don't know how many times I talked about, I was with them for six months. I was with them for three months. I was with them for a year. I was with them for a year. So the pattern of my career is not working inside of an agency. Yeah. It sounds like your resume
0: looks like mine. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so
1: I don't know, like I've had job offers already, but I just don't want to work at an agency. I I love, I love the life I have right now where I can wake up at 5am. I can, answer my emails i can go work out i can cook my family breakfast i can be Mm -hmm. there when my son wakes up i can be there for my wife when she wakes up like i love the way my life is right now and i'm not gonna be driven by feeling like i need to have a job sure you know stop the way my life is right now you know now granted if things get crazy and i'm broke and like all that then i can reevaluate
0: well i mean there's a difference between you know trying to figure out and make things work and being stupid yeah, exactly. You're not going to sit and around and go, huh? No, nope. I'm just going to wait for those freelance I'm things just to come gonna in. Do this. I mean, I, I just realize we only really have 20 bucks left in the account, but it's going to well, hey.
1: come in any day now. <laughs> any day now. Yeah. Any day. Um, so I'm still figuring it out. Luckily, um, as soon as all that happened, um, Disney Publishing reached out to me. Um, they're doing a joint venture with Disney Interactive mm-hmm. on a huge. Um, mobile children's app slash storybook Uh and i'm illustrating the entire thing um i can't really share a lot on it because i probably get in trouble um actually by the time this is posted no (laughs) um
0: let's just play it safe just let's just
1: say it's um it's the biggest opportunity I've ever had Mm -hmm. Um, artistically. The whole art is based around the same styling of like, it's a small world. Mm -hmm. And if you've looked at my work, you can definitely see Mary Blair. You've got a lot
0: of Mary Blair and uh, Jim Flora coming through. And yeah,
1: so, so that is, it's, it's incredible. Um, Just yesterday I had to illustrate um, 15 of the Disney princesses or is it 12, 12, I think Disney princesses in a very like small world esque style. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just, it was like the coolest day ever. I'd never, I didn't, I never thought illustrating princesses would have been so fun, (laughs) but it was. Uh, And so, you know, I have that going, it wraps up in June. Uh um, And with the budget they had, it's um, substantially going to pay, you know, my bills for the next several months. Um, And then um, I'm in talks with um, this Christian rapper, his name's Andy Mm -hmm. Miniel. He I don't, I guess I can say it because it's not that big of a deal. Um, but he's actually working on a children's book as well. Um, and I'm been hired to illustrate the entire thing. Cool. Um, and his budget is really good too. Um, and that's another thing that will have a long date on it and something that will pay the bill. So I have two huge projects mm-hmm. that financially will keep me and my wife moving forward, um, for at least a couple months, mm-hmm. at least still
0: like maybe June or July. Um, and then we'll see what's up from there. Gotcha. And then I know recently you've done a pe- couple pieces for. Um, oh my god, I just blanked on his name, Jason. Um,
1: oh, Jason Ratner, yes. yeah, my buddy, yes. Jason Ratner. Yeah. yeah, I did that Snow White piece for him. Yeah,
0: sorry, I wasn't talking yeah. professionally there. <laughs> it okay. Yes.
1: Um, so I was, well, I'm really yeah. interested because
0: I like I read the story on one of them, um, and it was really touching because. You know, he, he lost, they, it sounds like they lost a child, um,
1: About two weeks before birth. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it it was just, it was, you know, as a parent, um, I don't, I, uh, I I can't even imagine what that feels like.
1: I mean, I understood 10% of it because of the adoption, Mm -hmm. like coming home to an empty crib. That was about the only thing that was similar. Right. You know, um, but he was a really good friend that I worked with when I was at Disney for that year. Um, and I, we just provoked each other every day while I was there. So we built a really good friendship and so
0: fine, provoked yeah. each other, picked on each other incessantly or <laughs>
1: yeah. And pushed each other and calling each other's work garbage until we made it better and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that was a rough season. I, I, I tell him and his wife all at like, anytime I see them, I'm like, I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, I know what it's like to be insanely depressed, obviously. Right. And they are not. And, you know, now they're expecting their new baby girl.
0: I was um, about to say.
1: And about June, I think they're they already like scheduled a C-section because of the fact that she's so high risk. Mm. Um, and I'm just so amazed at their courage to share their story and to talk openly about their emotions. Cause I think that was part of my problem too, is I was extremely depressed, but I was not telling anybody, Right. you know, because especially growing up like in the church community, showing weakness for me was such like taboo. So the fact that they're open about their weaknesses and their sadness was really just humbling.
0: Well, and I, so I've heard that a lot from, I mean, I'm not the biggest of church growers, but I'm, you know, I definitely believe in God and I'm, you know, was definitely raised and, you know, Mm -hmm. christian home and things like that but i I think i don't want to sound like i'm talking down to religion when i say this but it's i think a lot of churches frown on people seeking help that way and they put a stigma on people getting help through you know trained professionals and things like that you know if, if you talk about it then you know
1: you're less of a Christian. Yeah.
0: And I, I've never understood that because it's, you know, it's, it's about, get, it, it it's simply about getting help and it, yeah. it's asking for help. And that is when you're in that situation, that is a really hard thing to do.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's not like every pastor is also a trained um, person in therapy no. and psychology and like understanding human emotion. I mean. So yeah, I know what you mean. And it was, and that was, you know, hard, especially cause for me, I, not only was I doing art for the church, but I was preaching mm-hmm. a lot. I was teaching the, in the Bible school. So there was a lot of expectation for me. Mm-hmm. And so for me in that point of my life to say, Hey, I'm depressed was really hard, you yeah. know, cause then, then all of a sudden people might look at me differently. And that's really a pity that happens in the church is that you can have a weakness and you can have a problem and people actually look down at you instead of be there for you. Yeah. And that's which, a huge thing that I see Which is all the, the time. complete
0: opposite of what Christianity is meant it to is, be. It is. It is
1: absolute garbage. And it pisses me off so, so much. Um, it's just like to think that's how Jesus is, is absolutely moronic. Yeah. That he would, he would look at you as any less of a human being or a person because you're weak and you need help from a human being to help you with your emotions is just
0: stupid. Well, yeah. And I mean, if you, you know, look back at the Bible, he was constantly helping people who needed it. All he did that was, was all help. he did. So to, to look down on people who need help in some form or fashion, I've, I've never yeah. understood that.
1: Nope. So. Me either. But makes me angry. Yeah. But yeah, I'm proud of him and his wife. Um, they're going to be at creative South. to oh, awesome. just texted me, he just texted me yesterday uh Big Mike is hooking them up and helping them with the trip and um I think he's bringing his wife it might just be Jason mm-hmm. um but at any rate um you know he's really believing in Jason and so is Raji and, mm-hmm. uh, I just commend those guys because you know Jason wanted to be there really badly um And the fact that he's now going to be there, I know it's going to do wonders for him as far as being inspired, making more connections and everything.
0: Yeah, he's I mean, his stuff is incredible as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm happy to hear these go and I'm looking forward to meeting him.
1: Yeah, he's awesome.
0: He's a great dude. Well, cool. Well, he's an awesome dude. Real quickly wrapping up here, since I want to be conscious of your time, where can people find you online?
1: um instagram adam grayson twitter adam grayson facebook adam grayson and that's
0: g-r-a-s-o-n
1: g-r-a-s-o-n no wise that's a
0: different adam grayson like, i found him on linkedin the not other a day.
1: color yeah <laughs> um and then uh, my website is uh studio grayson.com mm-hmm. um recently went through a transition of my brand um from zadok 44 even though that's my still my email i still have
0: to switch all that over. okay i do want to ask you about that real quick because that name is very familiar is that from the bible It's biblical. i was about to say yep. it seem to remember yeah when he a uh, priest in the bible he was he um
1: what was intriguing for me and why i named my studio that um and it's actually extremely fitting um was he was a priest in the tabernacle he, he was the priest of the tabernacle of moses mm. and then the tabernacle of david the reason why that was important to me was I was making a transition from only working for churches to then working for outside people. Mm-hmm. Um and David was kind of like that rebellious, not rebellious in a bad sense, but rebellious in the sense of he was doing things way different than the tabernacle of Moses. Sure. I and mean, so I named my studio that after the, you know, just the transition of Zadok being under this to Zadok being under that. And it was kind of like me going from working for churches to me following my heart in my career and that even though I'm doing that, it's still the duality of me exercising my love for God in a sense Mm -hmm. too. So it's not like I'm trading in God for work. It's the, it's the same thing. It just looks differently. So yeah, that's what I, I named my studio that. Awesome. And then I just, I felt like it was time to change it up, man. And I did. Awesome.
0: Well, thank (laughs) you, you. Thank you again for taking the time to talk to me. Um, so, Appreciate we end the, every podcast with uh, go out and hug some necks. So, would you mind taking us out and saying it? Let's go out and hug some necks. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for tuning in this week. You can find out more about Adam at studiograyson.com. Or follow him on Twitter, Instagram, and Dribble, at Adam Grayson. You can keep up with the podcast on Twitter, at Creative S.O. Pod. And follow Creative South on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Creative South GA, or over at creativesouthga.com. And I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribble, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to engage with the podcast more, check out a new podcasting app called Remarks that allows you to add notes and comments about the episodes, get feedback from other listeners, and hear from me as well. You can find it over at remarks.fm. And if you like the Creative Stuff podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Rate us and leave a review. This helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests. Now go out and hug